Welcome to the Smug Film Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Clark. With me today is John D'Amico. Yep. And our special guest, Normal Bob. Hello, that's me. Normal Bob, I'm familiar with for his Amazing Strangers YouTube videos. He's also an illustrator and a uh, photographer. He's recently decided to conclude his Amazing Strangers project. He's been... How long have you been sitting in Union Square exactly? 13 years. 13 years. The fall of 2002 is when I arrived, and I got just the tail end of 2002 before winter hit. And he's been documenting basically everybody interesting in Union Square for that long. It's one of those YouTube accounts you just click around forever, and then you wake up and you've seen 100 videos, and it's an addictive thing. My personal favorite recent one, Wendell's Hat Thief, I think that's a masterpiece. Yeah, that that kid uh, got a hold of me. He decided to show that video to his parents, and his parents were aghast. And they told him to take it. They told him to tell me to take it down, and I, out of politeness, I did. But enough people had taken that video. One put it on a. I can't even think of the name of the sites that it's on, but it's still up there, but just not on my channel. So does that happen a lot? People see themselves in your videos. And- it happens here and there. Not a lot. I'd say maybe once a year I get someone who, and I can kind of predict it usually. It's usually mm-hmm. the same kind of person each time. What kind of person? Uh, it's usually a young person who has, like this kid, the Wendell's Hat Thief kid. He was, I think he was like 22 is what he was. And he had just started college and he decided to steal Wendell's hat off of his head and then play kind of a game of tag with everybody at the park who was trying to get it back from him and he was just running around kicking it around and everyone was trying it got to the point where it got turned to violence and i was recording the whole thing and even while i was recording it i was like uh i could i could see into the future that this kid was going to regret or have some regrets about what he had done (laughs) and then at some point i was going to get a call from him or somebody saying please remove the video i was so shocked when a couple weeks later i interviewed him and he loved what he did. I don't know if you saw the Yeah, response. that was that was a little weird, that one. <laughs> yeah, I started off the conversation saying that was a pretty rough day we had a couple weeks ago, wasn't it? And he yeah. was like, it wasn't rough, it was great. And he was like, and I, so I had him explain what was going on. Yeah, that was a very candid, strange thing. Because like, he, he definitely comes off as, uh, you know, the antagonist in that first video. And then to hear him just... You know, talk about it is like, hey, wasn't that that cool thing? It was. He was telling a story. Yeah. He was telling us. He's like, a lot of people don't understand what a jazz musician is. And a jazz musician tells stories. And I was telling a story about me and my father at the park. <laughs> and I've heard bizarre responses. In the 13 years I've been there, I've heard tons of bizarre responses. So it didn't shock me. When he started talking, I was like, yep, that makes perfect sense what you're telling us. Now, that one in particular, it had a very cinematic flow. That it, it almost felt like you were just watching this movie take place in front of you now what what did that feel like seeing seeing that just unfold because it really does have like a beginning a middle Mm -hmm. and an end yeah it was really kind of an incredible video to shoot because i caught a lot of moments that uh had like when he uh, it's hard to explain like uh like there was a moment when um he had the hat and wendell tried to get it back and couldn't and then wendell took his wallet and then the, he started looking through the kid's wallet and some of his identification fell down on the ground. And, and then they were trying to do an exchange with a hat and the wallet and the kid wouldn't do it. And that marching band comes up. And then, and then when it's, after the kid gets beat up, Wendell puts the wallet back into the kid's pocket yeah. while he's being you know, y- y- yanked around. And it, like these little things happen that were like, 
like when he kicked the money thing and it flew across the screen. And I just happened to be there to witness that. And then I would happen to be there to witness after they beat him up for that. They brought the money thing back and set it there. And then Wendell goes up and dances on the garbage can. And it was like this whole thing. I was like, while I was filming it, I was looking to see where the kid was because I knew wherever he was, that's where the action was going to be. But until he started again, I was going to continue filming this dancing through the marching band music. And that was a very bizarre, when it was all done, I remember walking over to Shaggy and saying, now that's a YouTube video. (laughs) And I was very anxious to go home and edit it together. Now, what time of day was that? That was like... It was in the middle of the day. Yeah. Yeah, just like a two in the... No, maybe later. Maybe like four in the afternoon. And it was... Uh, and it just happened. Somebody ran over to me and said, a kid just swiped Wendell's hat off his head and they're trying to get it back. And I turned on my camera and ran over there. Is that how it happens a lot? Is uh, people that know you <laughs> as a, a regular, they'll come up to you and be like, yo, something's going on over here? It happens all different ways. Sometimes I'm the first to see it where I look over my shoulder, I'm always just sitting there looking around like a, whatever, like a nuisance I'm looking around. <laughs> and, but sometimes somebody runs over a lot of times free hugs, Jeremy. I don't know if you know who he is. Right, he is yeah. a bit of a autistic, but he runs over to me and says, you got to film this. There's, you know, the, the chess players are fighting or somebody just did that or whatever. Mm. And he, he, he know he comes over and tells me, but there are people who are at the park who come and tell me what's up. Yeah. It's almost like you're the classic, like romanticized idea of like a beat cop where like they can, they feel like they, in the neighborhood people can just come yeah. up to you and just tell you what's it, going yeah, on. I try and make it clear to them that I'm on their side. Yeah. Like when something happens in this park, I'm on Wendell's side or I'm on Jeremy's side or I'm on, you know, and that, you know, uh, there are people who I'm against. I'm against like the commercial people who come there to, uh, set up a stage or, you know, have, uh, uh, monster drink has like a promo there for the day. I'm, mm. I'm against that. I'm for the people who come to that park every day. And, and, and then, then there's other people. There are people who are bullies there flips the guy who dances there. He bullies people there all the time, fights regulars there. If he doesn't get his way, if someone's filling his space, if Matthew silver is dancing in that spot at the front of the park and flips comes up and Matt, he'll just look at flips and or flips will just point. Hmm get out. And he quickly goes and leaves. And if he knows if he doesn't do it, it's going to turn violent. And that's, uh, I had to take one of Flips's videos down because uh, he threatened me. I mean, he came up and grabbed me by my collar and started swinging me around because I uh, put a video up where the, I don't know if you saw the, the camera thief one, a guy came into um, Union and interrupted Flips's show saying, this man stole my camera, screaming it at the top of his lungs. Mm. Big, white guy was like this man stole my camera and he's gonna steal your camera i let them into my house and it brought the show to a complete stop there yeah. were hundreds of people circling and i was there with my camera filming this going what have i gotten myself into what am i doing what am i doing and flips was stomping his feet saying i'm not scared of you call the cops call the cops and when i walked away finally first Flips runs up to me and says, if I see that video online, we're going to have trouble. You and me are going to have problems. We never had problems mm. before, Normal Bob, but you and me are going to have problems if that video goes online. And then the guy who was screaming this stuff starts walking up to me and Flips walks away. And he comes up to me and he says, do you need my name and number? I'll gladly, you know, we can talk on the phone. I'm, I was thinking about calling the New York Times about this and, uh, <laughs> and tell, I know people in the press. And I was like, I don't want anything to do with you guys. I don't want to interview you. And he sat and talked with me and uh, told me that he, he said, you know, you want to know why this happened? I... 
I let these people into my home. And you may be asking, why would I let these people into my home? Well, I, well I'm going to tell you, I, have, I live in a predominantly white uh, neighborhood, and I wanted to see what the people in my building would think if I marched these black soldiers in through the <laughs> lobby. And, and I was like, I was videotaping this whole thing, like, this is just, what am I going to do? And then when I sat down, Shaggy looked into my camera, and he goes, what are you going to do, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't help myself. I went home, and I edited the whole thing together. I put it on YouTube. And... I just was like, let's see what happens. I uh, went about a month and nothing happened. And I was like, oh, he must be fine with it. He must be whatever. And then all of a sudden, one day he comes marching up, flips with four guys behind him, four of his dancer guys, and mm. they all have their shirts off and they come walking towards us and they start going, you think you're pretty funny, huh? You think this is pretty funny, both Shaggy and I. And and they kick Shaggy in the ribs and he got up and I and they started swinging me around. I had the camera rolling the whole time. This is footage. I was, you know, he tried to hit the camera out of my hand. And uh, and basically, you know, after that, we realized, I said, we have to take this down. He's never going to let us sit here again. And I stopped going to the park. This was last year for about a month and uh, took the videos down. And then when he came up to me, I told him, I said, I took the videos down. And he said to me, he said, you want to know, want to know what I, uh, what you want to know what really happened? He said, I didn't steal that guy's camera. He invited us into our, our home. I had four guys with me. Uh, and he said, uh, what, I'm the only one? None of us took anything. What, I'm the only one who's going to take a camera? You know, I'm the only one who's going to take something? There are five of us there. Why wouldn't each one of us take something out of his house when we left? Doesn't make any sense, does not He goes, and you know another thing? That guy promised us a contract that he was going to find some contract or some job for us. He didn't. And you think I'm going to give his camera back after he does that? <laughs> And I was like, you're absolutely right, Flips. You make perfect sense. Whatever you say, the video's gone. I don't want to start any trouble. We're fine. And that was the end of that. Wow. And uh, I that video is offline right now. So is that kind of stuff why you're finishing it up? It was, a, it was the beginning. It was something. It really put the fear in me. Before that, I'd never had a, everything else I'd been able to talk my way out of. And I knew I was right or I just did what they said. But this was one of those situations where... And it had been a whole bunch of things happened that month. I want to say almost that week. That was the same week that those uh, junkie guys came up and were holding the cameras on me saying, oh, you like to exploit the homeless out here? Now mm. we're going to exploit you. What do you think about this? And they all surrounded me with cameras. And I was like, I, you know, I don't mind being filmed, guys. You know, do what you want. And, <laughs> yeah. they, and they, you know, when the video first happened, it was a very threatening and awkward situation where I was like, I didn't mind them filming me. I didn't think they were going to fight me. They just wanted to... They wanted to present a situation. They wanted to embarrass me in front of a park. They thought that if we stand there, they even say in the video, what do you think all these people are thinking now with, <laughs> with us standing around you? They probably think you're, you know, a pretty dirty guy or whatever. And I was like, I'm willing to talk and all that. And they split. And then they harassed me for a few times after that. A couple of times I didn't get on film. A couple of the times I did. And I, I posted that whole video online and it got a strong response. I was actually expecting it to get a mixed response. I was expecting people to say, oh, you deserve this for exploiting people. And another people saying, oh, you don't deserve that. But they were like 99.9% .9 in favor of me on, in the comments on those, which is very rare. Most of my videos get 50-50 with thumbs downs and right. negative comments and all that. But yeah, there were a good handful of situations that were kind of weird and somewhat dangerous and whatever that happened last year. That Why is it? Do you think it's like the culture of the city is changing or something? What do you think is doing it? I mean, it's basically, it, quite frankly, it's people thinking I'm a white yuppie there exploiting homeless people. That's what it is. And mm -hmm. it's the people sitting there who are homeless or broke or addicts, and they're looking at me, and I'm a white, blonde, tall, middle-aged man. No sympathy for me, and I don't want any sympathy, but... 
that's what it comes off as. That's just what it is. You know, it is, I'm a bearded, I'm probably a bearded white hipster, the most hated, <laughs> you know, person in fucking New York right now or freaking New York. Does that matter if I swear? Nice. Uh, and, and so, you know, I totally see where they're coming from and they're, they're always newbies. They're people who don't know, like those junkies I had never talked to before. They thought I was brand new to the park and sitting there, you know, <laughs> you know, oh, I got oh, look at this stupid Wendell guy, you know, film him. I don't know who he is or, you know, not even know their names. But, right. Uh, so the transplants booted you out. <laughs> yo, that's definitely more than a f- few ways. I mean, I was living in Bushwick over at the Myrtle Broadway stop for seven years. And then one day my uh, landlord came and it was uh, just before Thanksgiving. He said, we sold the building. You're out. Cancel Christmas. Ha ha. Mm. And they had sold the building and they were jacked up the rent. And I got to see, I got to live with those neighbors who bought the building. They And they were the most uh, just kind of the most uh, stereotypical uh, white hipsters pretending to be poor, dressing poor, mm. even though they bought the building and kicked us out <laughs> and whatever, whatever. But, uh, and I moved farther down and, you know, I'm just as guilty. I'm sure where I moved farther down, somebody had to move or get kicked yeah. out of there for that reason. Yeah, it's and, tough. You end up perpetuating yeah. it. And that's also part of the reason why I'm leaving. I'm just, I don't want to be, I'm just, it's not pretty anymore it's really you know they're they're graffitiing in my neighborhood now things like uh gentrification is whitewashing is written on the wall uh, outside our train stop and a few other things like that and and i'm just over it i don't have a love affair with new york anymore and i'm i have other things i want to do what drew you to uh, union square initially uh well i moved here from chicago and before that i lived in denver never came across a park where everyone just kind of accumulates and it's such a variety of people. Mm. It's not just one type, you know, it's not. And so when I came here for the first time, they had just opened up Union Square in 2002. It was under construction for a long time. Mm-hmm. The building that's Whole Foods and Burlington Coat Factory was just a big boarded up building. I have photos of it from back then. And then Virgin Records was across the street. And and uh, we were talking about that the other day. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're <clears throat> so nostalgic for uh, Virgin Me- Megastore and like, it's such a weird thing to be nostalgic for because it's like you're being nostalgic yeah. for this. <laughs> this is mega store. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. But it's, yeah, it was like this this mecca meeting spot. It's like if if a friend you were meeting in Union Square was a little bit late, you just all right. I'll look at CDs for like five minutes. That's or something. exactly right. Yep. Now it's a bank. Now yeah. everything is a freaking bank. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they had just opened up the park, and all of a sudden, I, I went there. I came here to visit for one week while I took care of a friend's cat. Uh, she said, I live in New York. You've always wanted to visit. I'm leaving. Come take care of my cat. You have a week here of free room and board. So I came up here and I just started walking around the city. She showed me kind of, she said, you should go to St. Mark's. You should go to Williamsburg, Union Square. I bet you'll love. And when I sat, I was like, I'm going to end up at Union Square every evening while I'm here because yeah. this is just where everything's happening. When I left to go back home after that week, all I could do is I was like, the image I had in my mind is that Union Square was like the center of the world. And I was kind of missing out. And I... So I moved out here a month later and I just started hanging out there, not with a camera yet, but I just started hanging out there and getting to know people. And then a couple of years later, I had already been doing my website. I'd already been had normalbobsmith.com and I was had my Jesus dress up on there and I was answering hate mail and I was my portfolio and comics and stuff around there. And I was like, this would be a neat new little section of, and I called it amazing strangers and just started documenting the bizarre things that I saw at that park. And it was very strange back in the day. When I think about how it was back then everyone from the uh no police state bush coalition people the protesters mm. who were there on a regular basis to characters like the peepers 
and the Union Square dog molester. And there were people there that I'd never imagined <laughs> even existed. You would have had the National Guard there then too, right? I uh, remember that. Well, I mean, uh, that I actually, if you, I don't know what you mean exactly. You mean the National Guard, like... Like, oh, maybe you were a little late for this, but oh, like, you know, do you remember oh, yeah, right after 9-11? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I remember that very distinctly. That's yeah, yeah. such a period of New York for me. Yeah, yeah. Where when they everybody have, with the machine guns was everywhere. Okay, yeah. You know, the fact is, is so I moved here a year after 9-11, so I didn't see it before then. Yeah, you it. probably were just so, on the tail end of it. Yeah, so it wasn't as strange, but I saw it, and that, and yeah, the guys with the M-16s, and the yeah. Yeah, it, which we heard were plastic or non-functioning. That's what I heard oh, at really? some point during the time. Like, they were just for show, but uh, whatever. Yeah, they were there, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's uh, the most interesting <laughs> thing about what you're doing for me is to think about it and just... Like my experience with having lived here that whole time and like going to that park all the time, just wondering like how many I'm in the background of, you know, yeah, just oh, like how, I must be like lurking there somewhere because <laughs> there was one summer where every week I would go after uh, I was in college and after summer classes, I would go to the Strand, buy a book and then sit in the park all day and read it. And yeah, like, yeah. I, I must be <laughs> I, somewhere I've, back there. And there's got to be like thousands of people who are in it almost as many as the regulars in just this very glancing way. Absolutely. I've done the thing where I go to Google Images and I'll type in Union Square Park and then I'll look at the pictures to see if I'm in any of them. Oh, I'll yeah? see that I'm in right. every once in a while. I'll see me in there. So what's your, what were your hours usually? Because of course you, this is coming to a close, but uh, what were your normal hours for being in the, in the park? Oh, I mean, it's changed over time. And I, uh, when I first started going... I would only go three times a week. Mm -hmm. There were times when I would only go Thursday through Saturday night, maybe. Uh, but these last few years, especially since about 2011, 2012, is when I started going habitually. Uh, and I would go every day. And I would go somewhere between the hours of, you know, like uh, four or five. I might even arrive there earlier sometimes, which was just a waste of time. And then uh, stay there till... Depends, you know, weekdays I would stay there till eight or nine and the, or on uh, weekends I would sometimes stay with Shaggy till 11 or midnight or beyond, uh, especially before they started closing the park at midnight, which they do randomly now. And I take it a lot of sunscreen. Oh yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I use the 80 proof sunscreen and I put, I'm very, uh, I put, I'm very consistent. I put it on every day before I go there three times each time. Did you ever I'm make saying, a mistake early on with that? Yeah, or? yeah. I've done, <laughs> made the mistake and come back sunburned and regretted. Yeah, it was a freaking nightmare. So uh, Shaggy's been a staple in a lot of your videos, even mm -hmm. ones that aren't specifically Shaggy videos. He usually pops up here and there. Was he one of your, your first friends in the park? Correct. Yeah. When I first moved there that spring, it must have been. I want to say I even met him the fall of 2002. I want to say I met him then and then spent the winter hanging out with him at Starbucks back then. But yeah, I was with this girl, Vanessa, who was my friend. Uh, who was a fan. And then when she said, oh, you're moving to New York, we should hang out. I'd love to meet you. And so we hung out. She was a photographer. And we would, when we went to Union, she told me that she thought he was cute. And so I got up and went and sat next to him. So she'd have to sit there and I introduced them. And that's how I met Shaggy. And then they broke up and I lost her as a friend and stuck around and Shaggy and I continued to be friends. Nice. And uh, one of my personal favorites of your videos, Bitches Don't Know, Okay. I'm, I'm so fascinated by that guy. I just saw him yesterday. Good. See, that's <laughs> what I wanted to hear. Because, you know, the you did one recently with him, and then there was, I guess, one like a year ago or something. Mm -hmm. And there was a little time between. Like, he, he has this ethereal quality to him where uh, if it came out that he was just this ghost or something, like, I would believe it. I know what you're saying. There was a, <laughs> there was a guy who was kind of like him who we called... Uh, 
the Tourette's Running Man. And that was 10 years ago. And he was a guy who would just run through the park in a weird kind of, uh, what's that sport where you just run and jump off things and you- uh, and, oh, parkour. 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 He, he would do parkour. And while he was doing, he'd go, whoa, fuck yeah, bah, like that. He'd run through the park. And I, every time I would catch a glimpse of him going through the park, I'd get my camera out as fast as I can. But there are certain types like that who they just come through. There's no socializing with them, kind of like the quarter guy. Mm. Or uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the bird call man who just walks through the park and makes bird calls, you know, uh, right, in the right. air. And he's been doing that for a decade or more, 15 years at the park. So, yeah, I know what you mean. And that's what bitches don't know is he's just this guy. <laughs> who just You just see him. You're like, yep, there's there's a, uh, you know, a staple. And, it, you know, the whole walking back and forth quality it does have that like, you know, you have a haunted house and like, oh, that's the corridor where that goes to walks back and <laughs> yeah, forth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what, uh, yeah, that, and that's what I try and have the map show. I try and show the little paths people take or the circles where they hang out. Yeah, that's yeah. something great that you've done is you've actually illustrated a Union Square map for people that want to know where these spots specifically are. Because when you're doing the videos, you, I, I think you need like a top down for people who, who maybe aren't familiar with the park they don't really know, I guess, the distance and where, where people would be. And you did this great uh, map where it's, you know, it's all the, you know, from the peepers, of course, to Sk Wendell, to, to skaters and yeah. all that, to, to the, to the junkies in the back and the, <laughs> you know, everybody's in there. Yep. So the peepers was actually, that was a really big thing because that was a phenomenon that was going on that nobody really knew about, except I guess the the victims of it, they kind of, maybe they had a little bit of an idea, but how did you start noticing that? Because basically it was, it was people holding their phones down and, and getting shots of girls when they were sitting on the, on the front yeah, steps, right? Aiming the camera up their skirt as that's was the, that's what they peeped. Right. <clears throat> and for us, I mean, Shaggy and I both, the reason we got along so well is because we love to people watch and examine and give kind of like predictions on what people are doing and that sort of sure. thing. So when we first, and we also aren't the type of guys who I think a lot of people try and shut that stuff out. If they see someone peeping, they're like, just ignore this person. Or if they see a junkie nodding off to the, just ignore him, let him be. But we were the type who would sit there and like watch and be like, oh, what's going on? Let's see. Oh, I know this guy or whatever. Right. And, or they, and uh, so these peepers would show up and it was a real epidemic. It's not as bad now. But it was uh, it was really bad. Like it, it's what chased all the girls out of the park at the time, and mm. they would they would create what I call the peeper train, where they would a girl would sit down, and then a guy would stand there and just start staring at her upper skirt, and then someone would stand behind him and look over his shoulder to look up the girl's skirt, and then someone would stand by and, and literally you'd have four, five, six, seven, eight guys all making a train, all looking. And for us, it was just obvious. You, you're sitting there with a girl sitting next to you and you see this line of guys and right. you're, you're sarcastic going, what's everyone looking at? What's going on? And, <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, and then people are walking through, just ignore it, you know? The, uh, and it got to the point where we couldn't ignore it. Like yeah. a couple of times, Shaggy's like, I don't want to hear about any freaking peepers anymore. Just get, stop with that. I, Bob, shut up. You mentioned peepers one more time. I'm like, fine. All right. And I put my camera down. And before you know it, a girl sits next to us and they're all lined up. And I'm like, Shaggy, you didn't want me to talk about it. Here they are right in front of, I'm not going to talk about it though. And so I started documenting it. I started, I started off first just taking photos of them doing it and doing little funny illustrations of like, you know, what their motions are and, and giving them names. But then I realized I, there might be a video series here. So I yeah. started shooting long videos and narrating over the top of it uh, in kind of an anthropological study 
Yeah, the analysis got pretty deep. Like you, you basically started picking up on every single variation of their technique whatsoever. Right. You were, you became like the expert of peepers. Oh, I tried, and I, <laughs> I mean, I was trying to whatever. I, I was making, I was using it in a funny way. Yeah. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was. You know, because what happened was, is an Inside Edition contacted me, and they said we want to do. Can you hook us up with these peepers? We want to film them and expose them on our TV show and all that. And I was like, all right. And they were like, don't you worry, Bob, we're going to come, we'll come down here and take care of this. And I was like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there laughing at it. They're <laughs> looking at it as a real, uh, a real infringement on human rights. And they came down and I showed them the park. And one of the funniest things that happened was I, I, I made it really clear. I said, I, I can't promise you guys that they're going to be here. Sometimes they're here. Sometimes they're not it just depends on the day. I have no control over them. Sometimes they're very well hidden. <laughs> The guy said, we'll come down anyways, we'll bring our camera. And so they came down and they were talking with me. And while I'm talking, I said, this guy right here in front of us is taking the girl, <laughs> looking at this girl's skirt right here. And the guy was like, what? And I said, him right here. And he was like, are you kidding me? He got it. He grabbed his camera and he stood behind the guy and was looking through his camera at the girl's right. underwear. And he started taking a picture and he's like, this is crazy. So they spent a good few months. They spent the summer kind of staking out the place. They had a guy up in the window of Whole Foods. They had a woman who had a camera in her purse and she was mm. wearing a skirt and they had a hole and then they had a crew of people who were hiding off to the edges of the park with microphones and cameras to come and bombard these guys wow uh, and they made a real production out of it and and it was hilarious it was really bizarre and uh it also got me some traffic they interviewed me and gave me credit for showing them it and uh uh promoted the site a little I'm glad they really took it seriously rather than just coming there for one day and then just taking all your footage and calling it, you know, what something was, they did. What was so incredible to me is they spent months filming yeah. and it got narrowed down to like a three minute piece that only aired once. And mm -hmm. I don't understand. I think that they were also really concerned. They were going to do all this thing where they were going to throw it up on the web and repeat it later the next year, or the beginning of next year and all that. And they were scared they were going to get sued by these people, you know, so they did blacking out of faces or when they interviewed people they showed them and i was like you don't have to worry about these people suing you they're not going to come and sue you for this but I, I do have that video up online i was able to put that one up on vimeo and you can watch it do you have any thoughts to just take the stuff like that that really jumps out and just make like a condensed yeah. version of the yeah my whole plan is when i leave is to try and figure out what to do i have all that stuff backed up and i have a lot of stuff i've never even shown still backed up and i don't know what to do with and I want to do something. I don't know what it is, though, yet. I can't picture in my head what, whether it's a documentary or a film or something or just a new piece. I can't picture what, what it'll be. I don't want to just yeah. throw it up there and have it be, okay, here and here's all the stuff or whatever. Yeah. I want it to be something unique and different and, and really tells the to, story. To figure out what it is. And I, yeah. and I don't know whether to narrate it. I've had some people say, just put up a whole bunch of videos of one topic and line them up. Don't narrate or anything. I don't know if that works. I want to tell a story. I don't want it to be clumsy looking. I want it to be a piece I'm proud of. Yeah. But yeah, I plan to do something. I don't know what though. In the meantime, when you move, you said part of it was you wanted to do other projects as well. Yeah. My favorite, I, uh, my favorite thing to do is draw in my art and illustration. And I, I find that I can't do that here anymore. I can't afford to live here. Yeah. Um, I don't have the space. I, I can't concentrate. <laughs> I can't, I have too many troubles when I'm here. Everything from rent and, uh, shitty landlords and shitty roommates and just the constant in New York, there's just constant problems happening. You, you got roaches one day and then the next day, uh, your neighbors get robbed. And then the next day, 
uh, you know, some, some other thing happens. It's just yeah. one after the other. And then it's, you know, and then it's other things too, you know, it's just constant. And, uh, when I go and leave, I find myself getting all this art done and being able to really relax and free my brain. And that was the way it used to be when I first moved here. When I first moved here, uh, I could go down to alt coffee down there on Avenue A and ninth, which doesn't exist anymore and sit there and just spend the day just sitting there drawing and writing and, uh, and working on my comic and selling stuff and selling my, my talents, you know, my, uh, freelance art. But now everywhere I go, they're telling you, you know, you can't loiter here or, mm. or, or whatever, you know, it's just, it's just a constant, it's much more of a, not a relaxed atmosphere. It's, it's hard to explain. Yeah. But. It feels harder to live here now than it did yeah. a few years ago. I really feel that too. Yeah. Um, you have a, kind of really an interesting perspective on that though, because you've been able to just sit and watch one place change over the years in a way that not many people have. And I've definitely seen the change. When I think back to how different it was, less happens there now, quite frankly. It used to be where I would sit out there and every day something would happen worth filming. Yeah. At the very least, if one day it didn't happen, the next day something would. Now I'll sit out there for a week and get one or two videos. And most of the videos aren't action. They're like, uh, they're, uh, you know, just me interviewing somebody who I think is interesting and kind of a uh, whatever. Who I, and I just interview them and show a little bit of who they are. But a lot of the magic has been taken away. I, th I want to say some of it is everyone stares at their phone now. And every, I mean, it's got to be a factor. It's a real factor. If you look down, it wasn't five years ago, you did, or, you know, as little as five years ago, when you look down the row of people, not everyone was staring at their phone. You just didn't see it. You can look in the pictures I take and the dot, you can look at the background and see people sitting there looking around and taking part and saying, yeah. oh, that's now when you sit there, when I take a picture in the back, there's always a, everyone is staring at their phone and just staring at their phone. And you can only get so much action from that. I mean, the kids who I, or the people who I'm interested in don't have phones. That's why they're interesting. You know, <laughs> the Wendell doesn't sit and stare at his phone. Signs, you know, Jeremy, none of these people sit and stare at a phone all day. And that's why they're interesting. But uh, that took a real element out. And Roman, the fart smeller, he stopped coming around this year. Was his, Last year was his last year. And he took an element out of the park. He added a sense of craziness to the park that even if other things weren't going down, he was as habitual about being there as I am with a sign with some perverted message on it. And it just, even if the action had nothing to do with him, he, it, it, he brought that it's okay to be crazy thing here or something. It's hard to explain. I don't know if you're familiar with Roman. Of course. Yeah. And the, so yeah. diligent too. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and, mean, he is a, if you want to call him an artist, he is a very diligent artist, maybe even more so than yourself. Yeah, I mean, he was, he had more violence, you know, threatened against him for being there. More sure, people yeah. ran up and do, did stuff to him to the point where he couldn't sit on the steps anymore. <laughs> he had to sit across the street where Virgin across the street, well, you know, over on that little Island there, you would right. sit there and wait. And when I'd show up, that's when he would feel safe to come over again. Mm. I would show up to the park and he'd go, Oh, there's Bob. And he'd come wandering over and, and, uh, his little group would, he had like a group of people. He had a bodyguard even for a while. <laughs> uh, he called him his bodyguard. The guy never really guarded him, but he claimed to be a bodyguard. But anyways, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and but uh, this last winter, he contacted me as I need to talk with you. I want to interview, do an interview where I'm, because I'm not doing this anymore. I'm over it. I want to apologize for what I've done. I feel like I've hurt people with what I've done. And and I had a talk with him. I said, listen, you have not hurt anyone. It's mm -hmm. You did everything you did when you had, when you smelled girls' farts or they sat on your face or whatever. <laughs> there was not, it was it was totally consensual. They were adults. They They wanted to do it. They thought it was funny. 
I was like, you've got to get over this, that you hurt someone. But he also thinks that the government is keeping an eye on him because of what he's done. And I've, I was like, the government does not care about this bullshit that you're doing. But he, he, and he's thinking that there are aliens. He's a Raelian now. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Raelians. Yeah. And, mm. uh, and he thinks that aliens are out there and he's kind of lost his mind a little bit and, and he's stopped coming. And he, that took a real element out of the park too. And it's something I've noticed. And whenever I bring it up to somebody at the park, like, oh God, I hate that guy. I'm so glad he's gone. But I'm, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, uh, I miss him. <laughs> I miss him. <laughs> So you haven't been drawn to, I guess, Washington Square Park or Tompkins or that never, I guess, grabbed I've, you I've, as much. I visit those parks, but right. they don't have they don't have the uh, different categories. They don't have mm -hmm. the uh, just the spread of different kinds of people, and they also don't have the eccentricity of some of the people. Like if you go to Tompkins, it is just basically, in short, it's junkies and it's old East Villagers. Yep. You go to Washington Square. It's basically NYUers, and then there are some uh, colorful, interesting, eccentric people over there. Yeah, some but, of the chess players, I guess. And the difference between those two parks too is you can't just sit in one spot and watch. Union allows you to sit on the step, and you can see almost everything. Yeah, it's a really good vantage point. Yeah, both of those parks are fenced in. They uh, are just paths, and uh, uh, you know, spread over a big spot. And they're also both kind of on the outskirts of whereas Union is like a hub. It's where the mm -hmm. a very popular train station is and everyone passes through there over and over and over and over and over. And I'm talking everyone from tourists to mental patients to young and old to everybody. It just goes through that park. And it also is a park that uh, looks out. Those parks are all looking in. You sit there and you are looking in at the park, whereas Union looks out at the world mm, oh, that's and it's not fenced in. And it's uh, that really opens it up. You're looking at the street. You're looking at the sidewalk. You're looking at across the street and down the street. That's not the way Tompkins and uh, Washington or any of the other parks, Central Park or, you know, whatever, name a park. Yeah. Union is unique in that way. And believe me, I've I've done the studies. <laughs> like This is not <laughs> stuff I, I've been, I think I sit there and I go, why is this park so different? Why do I like this one more? And I've thought about all that stuff. You know, have you looked my, into like the history of Union Square and the yes, designers and everything? Uh, yeah, it used to be um, uh, the shape of Union Square. Uh, they back, I, I can't tell you exactly what year, but I want to say in the late 1800s, mm -hmm. they had an abandoned warship there of some sort. Maybe, no, it must've been later than that. It must've been in the early 1900s, but they had a big ship there. And so the Union Square was built around this ship, which was a, uh, for people to come look at. And you could walk through this ship uh, mm. and look at it. And uh, there used to be a train right down there where university is. There used to be a train that would go down there and then uh, cut and go down Broadway. Uh, and yeah, I couldn't name you the designers, uh, right, but right. I did read on them. Uh, and I know some interesting facts about it, but yeah, I've done some studies. Yeah. Some of the stuff you've you've done with Union Square and your your reverence of it, it kind of reminds me of. Um, have you ever seen that movie, The Cruise, the Timothy yeah, oh, Speed Levitt yes. one? Oh, I love that. In fact, that was one of the. I watched that before I moved here. Mm. Uh, I was kind of like all hyped about New York, and somebody told me you should see The Cruise. Uh, and so, uh, uh, what's that guy's name again? Um, Timothy Speed Levitt. Yes, yes, yeah. In fact, I even saw him once at Alt Coffee, which I was just talking about. But yeah, I, I watched that. Love that documentary. I love his passion for it. And he was that was a great recommendation that yeah. uh, somebody gave you because that's that's really the the go to film that I I have people watch if they're coming to New York City because 
just the way his his reverence for even like a double decker bus and central park and everything the like grid he, system and all yeah. that. Yeah, it was it was so interesting yeah and i i i envied his passion i related to his passion in a way yeah yeah absolutely. so what other filmmakers you know inspired your i guess your style or your approach because it, it i know the one that people mention every once in a while is harmony corinne uh when i, I that's funny yeah i watch kids and i i watched i was I was talking about Gummo before it even came out. I was like, oh, I'm looking forward to this Gummo so much. <laughs> and I had a website back in the late 90s that uh, I had where I, I had this board game, Crisis, that I made. And mm -hmm. in the 90s, I was known as, oh, Bob, yeah, the guy who made Crisis the board game with his brothers. And, I would pro and it was a, a Crisis the board game website. Uh, and I also talked about Harmony Corinne and promoted you know, Gummo. And I was like, everyone look out for this movie Gummo. And I've noticed that my stuff does reflect what he does in, in a way. And uh, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, I, I, of course, I like all the, a lot of typical ones, I mean, uh, but who influenced me? Yeah, that's a good one, I think. Harmony Corinne, I just heard him recently on WTF and he was talking about, you know, meeting Larry Clark in a park mm -hmm. and that whole vibe. And it, it definitely reminded me of what you've got going on in Union Square where you need people there that, you know, can find these kids that are interesting because yeah, yeah. he was just an interesting kid that somebody who was a little bit more seasoned saw and was That's like kind of what shaggy was in yeah. my regard shaggy was definitely somebody who who uh when i met him and just started hanging out uh he was the one who would give me little history lessons or he and he was also more of an in you know with a lot of these people mm -hmm. than, than i and uh yeah, and still is in a way. I mean, I sit there next to him and they're the ones who, you know, it's kind of his okay with that on me that, you know, they whatever socialize right. beyond him to me. Do you like Jonas Mikas? I feel like that would be up your... Uh, Do you remind me? What movies has he done? I don't know if I know he's the name. A, of uh, you should look into him because you actually, I think, might really like him. He, he lives in Greenpoint now. He's this old Lithuanian documentarian who... Um, okay. He was big in the 60s and the 70s because he would just carry this... Um, like eight millimeter Bolex camera with him everywhere for whatever he was doing. And then like every few years he would cut together a piece of like his last couple of years. <laughs> oh, I know nothing about this. I'll look him up. Yeah. You should, he has one called Walden that it's another one like your stuff where like it's very long and it's separated into sections and you think you're just going to do one and then you've blown through like all like six hours of right. one day. Yeah, maybe give me some ideas on what I can do with my stuff. Yeah. That's, you that's you might want to look into him. He's, <laughs> all right. It reminded me, yeah, it reminded me too a little bit of like On the Bowery. I don't know if yeah. you've ever seen that. But Boy, that, I don't know if I've seen that. I may have. That may be one I've seen and just didn't put it. Yeah, that's a, uh, it's an old black and white, I think 50s or 59, 59 which is, you know, it, it starred a couple like Bowery drunks. Okay. And is it a documentary or is it actors? Well, it's a, yeah, it's a drama, but. There's tons of people in it that don't know what they're in kind of thing. You know, it's like it's, a docuj like you can see them really drink the cans of Sterno. Okay. And right. like all that old stuff. Because yeah. um a lot of it is just documentary footage that they weaved into It's a lot of people just laying around on the street yeah. that you know man, those Are aren't real. actors. Yeah, they're real. Yeah. And there was a guy in it who was an actual drunk who gives an amazing performance, <laughs> like an Academy Award kind of performance and then you don't really hear from him after that but that one movie it was like that was his oh, breakthrough that that's kind of like what kids was in a way yeah. I mean, you're watching yeah. kids and you're going wait a second they're they're kind of half claiming that these are actors and stuff but they're clearly doing what the <laughs> these guys are not making their lips aren't turning white because they have good special effects their <laughs> lips are turning white because they are really huffing what they're huffing and yeah. stuff. yeah yeah 
So I'm sure you've seen a lot of uh, drug use and, and drinking in the park. Has that gone away in recent years or is that as much as oh, no, ever? Heroin is really taken over down there. Mm. Uh, there's always been drug use down there. The kids are anxious to try anything down mm. there. They, you know, they shoplift from the stores around there to, you know, to get, you know, whatever. The, yeah, the you've dust, had videos dusty, where they, you know, dusty. they come up to you and they're like, hey, I just stole this beer. Yeah, yeah. And, and Dusty would, we call him Dusty because he would steal dust off spray canisters for computer uh, keyboards and he would huff the dust off and he'd get those as staples and he would just go there and shoplift mm. those and... uh and or they'd steal a whole bunch of pills, you know, a whole bunch of like allergy medicine and take them all at once or something like that. And yeah, it's it it's you know, it's a lot of destructive behavior, but, you know, you give them the advice you can and you but uh, if, you know, people like Dusty, you know, I saw their pain. I knew what they were going through. I knew there was nothing I was going to say in a million years to stop what they were doing. Mm -hmm. In fact, I've even noticed that, you know, Tony was one who did a lot of uh, junk and uh and sometimes these people need to see themselves, how they're behaving. They don't under, you know, they, they're running around the park acting like maniacs and then shocked that you want to film them or be like, why would you, you know, I'm right. And so, you know, whether they like it or not, sometimes them even seeing themselves, that's what happened with Tony is Tony finally saw these videos of him running around like a crazy person in the videos. And he hated me for it. He, he said, I'm not a freaking crackhead. Take those down. I'm not a whatever. And, uh, but he also cleaned up after that, you know, it's like, that's he, incredible. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if he's still clean, but at the time he totally cleaned up and he stopped coming around union, but yeah, yeah. The drug use is still prevalent down there is not, it is not like, oh, everyone's really cleaned up their act down there. No, that is not the case. And what's the, what's the vibe of the cops as you've noticed, because it seems like it's a pretty lax area. This year is totally different, but, uh, for the past several years, for the past, like since 2000, back in the day in about 2004 and 2006 to eight, the, the cops were being annoying. They were writing tickets to skateboarders mm. or they would, you know, if you, if they caught you with beer, they'd write you a ticket and dump it out. Then there was a long period of time there where they stayed off everybody's back and skateboarders stopped getting tickets. When I remember I'd bring it up, like, which I'd be like, I haven't got a ticket in years. It used to be, I'd <laughs> set aside some money for the few tickets I'm going to get that year right. and I don't have to do that anymore. But this year they're cracking down. The post has been writing about how they are just over the, the vagrants and the drug use and the begging and the performing for money and all that. And I've noticed cops around in there. And, uh, in my opinion, they're totally harassing the wrong people. There are guys out there who throw footballs and nail people in the back of the head over yeah, and over and been, over again. That's been horrible. Those guys don't get tickets. Uh, they will though go up to and give the hacky sackers tickets, yeah. which happened. <laughs> I have footage of that where they're writing the hacky sackers, uh, tickets for playing hacky sack in the park after being asked to leave. And then they didn't. And, uh, Right in the background, there's smashed. All the lights are smashed because the guys keep hitting people with a football. And I know a couple times I've flipped my shit because they hit me or somebody I know with a football right in the head. And they're throwing and, it full out. Yeah, fast. They're not They're not yeah. lobbing it. They are whipping it hard. And they're also taking great amusement in the fact that it is becoming a nuisance. Like they, mm -hmm. that's part of the thing. You know, hey, oh, you almost got that guy. Oh my God, you know, grab it. And, and a couple times when it hits somebody tough or big or whatever, they just turn and walk away and sit down and act like it's not them. Right. And, uh, yeah, they get it. They're getting their jollies over it. So yeah, it's taken over that front area. And the cops don't write tickets for that. Those mm. are fellow jocks. So they're, <laughs> they, they, uh, they get leeway on that. <laughs> yeah. The, the, but the other one, you know, the skaters and the other people do get tickets still.
now this mm. year. Before we go to break, I just wanted to ask you, because there are tons of videos on your, on your YouTube, and I've found ones that like have maybe like 500 hits or a mm -hmm. thousand hits. Are there some favorites that are kind of like deep cuts of what you've done that you maybe thought we're going to get more, or maybe you think people should check out? Uh, yeah, let's see. Let me think about that. There are ones that I love that I feel like not enough people have watched. There's one that I love, Omar, the Omar the uh, Warlock, is a beautiful video where this kid who is homeless and walks around dressed as kind of a wizard has, but he doesn't, he's not in a joking way, not like a Halloween costume wizard, but, uh, in a more raw kind of way. And, uh, it's a moment in time where I'm interviewing him about what it's like to be a warlock. And across the street, there's this guy, uh, Maxim, Maxim Katznelson is his name. And he's a guy who actually climbed the George Washington statue dressed as Superman. Uh, but he also plays guitar and he's playing this very mystical music in the background while there's a full moon. And I got this real magical moment. I think it's mm. one nobody even watches. Uh, but yeah, I have many of those that I watch again and again that I'm like, it is so bizarre, these moments that I can catch. And I'm, and I'm, and you can feel it while you're sitting there that this is really kind of magical in a way, you know, I don't want to, uh, whatever, but I, where these characters interact, characters that you wouldn't ever expect, uh, who are kind of make these moments happen. And that's what I love. And I'm sitting there going, this is it. This is what I'm going to miss when I leave, you know? Mm. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. See you soon. Hello, Smug Film fans. Did you know that Smug Film now has a voicemail box? Just call the following phone number. 718395 and leave a question or a comment about the show along with your name, and we may play it on a future episode. Thank you for listening, and now, back to the show. And now, Chloe Peltier reviewing a movie she's seen parts of while working at the theater. So you know what movie I want to see? I want to see The Tribe, and... The reason why I want to see it has nothing to do with the movie itself, really, because I actually don't know anything about the movie except that there's no dialogue, which is cool. But the real reason why I want to see it is because I haven't gotten any spoilers yet, because when I work this movie, unlike every other movie, I can't hear anybody talking and nobody's telling me what's going on in the plot. So if I don't look at the screen, I don't know what happens in the movie. And it's been a really long time since a movie's come out and I've been able to just see it at face value without any spoilers whatsoever. To be honest, I have seen a couple scenes because I have looked up a couple times, but I have no context for them. So I don't know. I kind of just want to see it so that I can have a fresh experience for once in like the past three years. Thanks, Chloe. And now back to the show. And we're back. Uh, before we go into the voicemail, you said you had a correction you needed to make. Uh, uh, yeah, I just mentioned Omar the Warlock uh, video. Omar is not a warlock. Omar is a druid, and it's important. To, the <laughs> video is called Omar the Druid, um, and there is a difference, and he will explain it in the video. I, it's my mistake, and I wanted to make sure that gets corrected. All right. There you go, Omar. <laughs> okay, so here is a voicemail from uh, one of our frequent co-hosts, Jenna, and she has a question for you. All right. Hey guys, this is Jenna, phoning it in quite literally, as unfortunately I couldn't be here today. Hi, Normal Bob. I'm a longtime fan of your work, and uh, as a native New Yorker, I'm also frustrated and disappointed with how uh, New York has uh, curdled as of late. 
I feel like the uh, the true allure of New York has always been that it's the type of uh, place that you can't make conform to you. You need to conform to it or you need to leave. And unfortunately, now that all this money has been thrown in, it's harder and harder to conform if you're not a millionaire or sponsored by one or two if they're your parents. <laughs> So uh, anyhow, your amazing stranger videos really capture Union Square as the microcosm that it is. And I feel like uh, even as the city has changed rapidly, you know, some staple stores in Union Square certainly have come and gone, that area still seems to be stuck in time almost. You can really see all walks of life converge in this one spot still to this day. And it's always been that way. Like when two punk teenagers want to meet, it's at Union Square. When a guy wants to hit a woman with, in the head with a hammer, it's at Union Square. So what do you think it is about Union Square that seems to bring this out in people that, that you don't necessarily see in other squares like, say, Bryant Park or Washington Square Park? All right. Yeah, that's an excellent question. Uh, it's uh, it is a different sort of park. It's different. Uh, we had a little discussion of this, where it's uh, it's not an enclosed park like a lot of the other parks. If you go to Washington or Tompkins, they are all fenced in and they are all pointing inwards. Whereas when you are at Union Square, it is open and you are sitting there looking at the street, at the sidewalk, down the street, and it's a hub. Um, whereas a lot of these other parks are off on the edges of Manhattan Island, yeah. whereas uh, Union is not only in the middle, but it is also a very popular, uh, uh, you know, location. It's got a, a very major subway station there, and a lot of traffic on wheels and on foot, and uh, it's surrounded. It's it's in the middle of like. Uh, Upper Manhattan and Lower Manhattan, East and West, and each one of those sections bring in a different type of people. Uh, you know, everyone from the artists and the hipsters south to the to the richies and the yuppies north to the uh, to the gay and trans on the west to the weirdos and the artists on the on the on the east. And it's also you know it doesn't hurt to have. Uh, Beth Israel Hospital right there. It doesn't hurt right. to have, you know, there's a, just oh, so many things that make it a unique, you know, and uh, very popular. That's where Andy's uh, uh, factory was right there at the North End. And mm. it still has a bit of that kind of ghost uh, lurking around it. And uh, that's where the drugs are. That's where the, you know, uh, there's so much in that area that uh, just makes it an attractive place to be. Uh, and the trains stop there. The trains don't really go over to the East Village. And, uh, you know, they have to kind of come, you know, you have to walk, you know, a good distance before you get to a train if you're down there at Tompkins Square. So, yeah, that's that's, in my opinion, the difference. We, we were talking about this a little during the break, but um, you basically have just been on the south side of the park. Do you think there's like an alternate universe you on the north side and like what kind of videos do you think that would be like well uh, yeah it, it's not as interesting on that side i used to hang out up there back before they turned that into a restaurant uh and just kind of sit there but that was the place you go to kind of hide yeah uh, i remember that's where we would go sit if you want to drink an open bottle or something up there you know uh but no, it's a little more civilized there. It faces Barnes and Noble bookstore, yep, and that's where the the food, the farmers market is. Sure, and there's a Starbucks on that yeah, side. Yeah, and they even the performers who come down there and get tickets for performing on the south side, they're told go to the north side. We won't bother you up there. <laughs> they don't want to be there. There's not the traffic isn't as through yeah. there, and uh, 
uh, yeah, it's, it's, it reflects Manhattan itself. There's more yuppies North, there's more <laughs> of the, and more weirdos on the South side. That seems to be like the, the North side is like the spot where like the NYU kids will like go out with like their tripod or whatever and shoot some sort of like quick thing because it's, yeah. I guess it's a less intimidating to do it there than maybe on the correct. South of it. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. On that side is where they do their free hugs is on our side. They do the free hugs movement. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the free yeah. hugs movement, but it's a big movement and they're a scary bunch of kids. <laughs> I had a real, uh, problem with them one year when I was handing out free hugs equal free bed bugs pamphlets uh, to them <laughs> and people they hugged at the park. And uh, they came up and threatened me and got very dangerous, but made for some wonderfully hilarious videos. There are some good uh, views of Union Square too. Like from, from Barnes and Noble, there's a pretty good view of Union Square. And I, I think opposite that, I think it's a DSW or yeah, something. Yeah, I, t I take my pictures from Burlington Coat Factory. Right, I try yeah, to get yeah. the map picture from, go up to the top or second from the top floor is ideal. Yeah, if anybody you know, wants to really look down on it, good. Just go up to the Coat Factory. You don't have to buy a coat. Just <laughs> look through their windows. And if there's times when you want to look at Union Square, but you don't want to be there, go to Whole Foods and they have a little place you can sit there in the yep. window and eat your uh, salad <laughs> and watch the park and see that it uh, runs perfectly fine without you there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're actually going to do a bit of a giveaway here. Bob has been generous enough to give away one of his Jesus dress-up magnet play sets to a lucky winner and also a signed postcard of all the people in Union Square. He's got illustrations of, uh, you know, all the, the amazing strangers on here. And... Um, Basically, what you need to do to win this is you just got to tweet about the episode. Follow us on Twitter at SmugFilm. Do you have a, a Twitter as well? Yeah, I do. Uh, someone took uh, normal Bob Smith on Twitter. So I'm, oh, no no. I'm Norm Bob Smith on Twitter. Norm Bob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So follow Norm Bob and follow us. That'll be your entry. And uh, tweet about the show and we'll uh, we'll pick a, a lucky winner and we'll send that to you. And it's the uh, BDSM uh, version yeah, this of is, Jesus where you can dress him up in bondage and uh It's got uh, everything here. There's multiple types of gloves and uh, you got whips and chains and masks and everything. Anything mm -hmm. you've ever wanted to put Jesus in. And a sheep mask. There's a sheep mask because he is the, Very lamb, important. He is the yes. lamb of God. Yeah. So if you want to win that, that's how you do it. And you can play it for free online at JesusDressUp.com. That's right. But you, you got to get the physical version. Correct. Yeah. The physical the, version. They're magnets. They way more stick fun. on your uh, refrigerator door or any metallic surface. And it's very well illustrated, too. I, I've been checking out your illustrations on your site because, of course, Amazing Strangers was the first thing I, I, I checked out. But you've got a real talent for, for illustration. I appreciate that. I really do love it. That's my, my passion is, uh, uh, doing pencil sketch and pen and ink and especially working in Adobe illustrator. Uh, that's what I did that Jesus mm. dress up in. And that's what I just love. I, I love seeing how far I can go in Adobe illustrator and what I can do with that. Was that your first love? illustration yes yeah i've been drawing since i was a little kid and i've always wanted to excel at it uh, i have an older brother who uh yeah, now he's actually the one of the vice presidents of uh, ogilvy inc in chicago mm. but i've always looked up to him and have always searched for his approval and that is when he never gave it and that's what <laughs> made me pursue even harder and want to be a good illustrator right on so uh you can check out the jesus dress up at jesus dress up.com yeah right 
That is correct. And Great. you can also buy the magnets there. They're a very uh, popular uh, item for the holidays, which are coming up here in, I don't know, four or five months or something. That's right. And you have a Halloween one too, right? I have a Halloween Jesus dress up. I have many. In fact, I have, a, uh, I'm hoping in the next few months, I would really like, I have a Batman Jesus dress up that I have nice. all laid out, ready to design. I just need to get the money together to uh, print them where you can dress up Jesus as Batman and all of the villains and friends of Batman. <laughs> All right, so just to close it out, any good movies you've seen lately? Anything you you enjoyed? Oh yeah, uh, what did I see? I saw Ex Machina. Have you seen? Yeah, that? I just saw that. I, really like I just saw that yesterday. I'm still reeling from yeah, it. It's yeah. a really great movie. I just watched that a couple weeks ago, and uh, yeah, that was great. But I, yeah, I'm always I'm a big movie buff, uh, and yeah, that's the one that stuck in my brain. I also saw Snowpiercer, which was on Netflix. Have you seen Snowpiercer? Yeah, another yeah. good one. Uh, but yeah. I could go on and on. That's the one thing my brain seems to lock onto and remember are movies I've seen. Yeah, Ex Machina. I, I really, really dug it. I thought Oscar Isaac in particular. Oh, you saw it too now? Yeah, yeah. I saw it I two guess days everybody ago. just saw it this Did week. Did I pronounce it wrong? I, it's either Ex Machina or Ex Machina. Or okay. I don't know. All right. who, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Oscar Isaac is just so good. Yeah, in it. tremendous. It was very good. Very, and very good. I think my only, it's like a nitpicky thing. I feel like it should have ended maybe a couple minutes earlier. I didn't really, I wasn't crazy about the epilogue. It I was a like little, it, a little long, a little too much information <laughs> in the epilogue that I would have liked. Was, I know what you mean. Maybe left up to interpretation. They were, there was like a clear, like balls ending point that they could have just cut yeah. it off right then. And I think they would just went a little bit too further, but that nitpicking, you know, that's, that's just my personal. One other movie thing. I saw is, I think it's called, blonde white female or something and it was about it's a documentary on a guy who uh fell in love with a teenage girl via the internet and oh, then she the turned him again yeah that is an excellent movie I'm, i think i'm getting the name wrong it's that's close to what the name is but i found it riveting i've actually watched it's, it twice yeah it's, so it's something like that uh, like something let me pull up the title hot, hot something might be in there oh that might be it hot white female or hot blonde uh, hot single blonde. hot blonde or something yeah hot hot sing it also has a few something. names it has is it hot few. girls wanted or is that a different one no that's a different one no yeah. that's not it uh, and that also movie, supposed to be pretty good though. That one, that yeah. movie struck. Yeah, I did see that movie too. Yeah, this movie was better though. And I also saw another movie about people who are addicted to that role playing game, Second Life. Uh, and that was an amazing documentary that's, too. Yeah, uh, I've been I've been having a moment with those. Is it kinds Tall of Hot Blonde? That's it. Tall that's Hot it. Blonde. There we go. Yeah. So 2012. Strongly recommended by me. I've watched it several times, and my nice. roommates have watched me watch and go, "I don't know why you like this movie. It's disturbing." About that, man, <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, there's been some good unsettling uh, documentaries. And that second, that second Life one is amazing, too. There's a guy who's on there who's a middle-aged guy and married, and he wants to go on Second Life and pretend that he's an eight-year-old little girl. Oh, my God. Nice. And it's so bizarre. It's so great. And they he lets these camera crews in, and they film him and, inter and interview him, and it's like they show him playing in his addiction. He's trying to quit, and he can't, and he wants to throw a balloon party for all of his uh, little girl friends that oh, are in man. the game. It's uh, fascinating. <laughs> Did you guys ever see the one? I think it was on a like a TV show, like one of those like variety type um, weird people shows, but I can never find the clip again. It was about these two people who were like, elderly and were Cabbage Patch Kids collectors uh, no, and had that. a barn full of hundreds of thousands of Cabbage Patches that they like 
adopt and like preserve from being destroyed or thrown into the dump. Okay. You sent but me that know, ages ago. Yeah, yeah they know all their names. And then they have one called Kevin that's like their child and it lives in the house with them, Kevin. Oh, no. And they talk to him during the day. Did and they this lose and that. a child or something? Well, here's the twist. Yeah, yeah. Here's the twist. They have a daughter. <laughs> Oh, and they don't, and they doesn't get their attention. He doesn't None get their at all. None at all. all and they interview Kevin. the daughter, and she's like, "Yeah, my childhood was terrible. They just lavished all my affection on Kevin the doll." We gotta dig it up again because I've been looking for it and couldn't find it. And those it are my favorite sticks. kinds of shows. Yeah, yeah those are yeah. my favorite kind of movies. That and that, like those guys who did the uh, not Chicken Hawk, uh, cat, Catfish movie. Uh, that sort. Oh of yeah, when I that first catfish. came out. But those yeah. kind of movies, I love. I just love that. Chicken show. Hawk was the, that was the Nambla Chicken one. Chicken Hawk wasn't that yeah. one. Yeah. That was that decades ago. That grody. was grody. That was unbelievable. Mm. So do you think catfish was, was fully real? Do you think it was a little yeah, no, played I, with? No, or? I think it was real. Yeah. I, I easily believe that that's going on out there again and again. I think they even prove it's, it on their MTV show. Yeah, it's definitely going on out I there. I think he had a very unique experience that was lucky that he had that unique of an experience. But yeah. uh, I remember when, I was first getting introduced to the internet in the late nineties and my fascination with chatting with people and how, and, and the emotions that it brought, like I was actually becoming attached to girls who were, I never seen before. And yeah. I just knew them through mm. what they'd text and the name that they use. And, and, uh, I was, and then that passed for me, but when things got popular, I was like, Oh, this is going to be a real thing. Everyone's going to become, they're going to have relationships on the internet and, oh, yeah. saw, and they're never yeah. going to meet. And they're not going to realize how incompatible they are because they will never meet. Or when they do, you know, and I, I that's one of the topics I interview people about. Uh, yeah. Alexandra you had that, yeah, that, had that great one with Alexandra. Yeah, I she, love her. And she was so honest and, and had a relationship online where she never met the person and she mm. doesn't, she can't even separate the two. I would say what's reality. What? No, I'm talking about a real relationship. That is a real, <laughs> relationship and she didn't know the difference yeah yes. well i guess if you grow up with it it's just that's, that's as real as exactly anything else right. i guess yep i did not grow up with it i you know this has been introduced later in my life but if it's all you know then it's just as real as you know as meeting someone on the sidewalk yeah all right we are going to close it out any final words from any of y'all yeah out of curiosity what do you make of humans of new york I, that's I a mean, great question there you go uh humans in new york i've get i've been mistaken for him i've had people come up and go are you humans of new york because i have the camera and i'm at union square i ask them if i can take their picture uh humans in new york the reason i'm not interested in him is because he's so politically correct and that's yeah. not what i yeah. am and it doesn't interest me i understand uh who what he's doing and he's made a wonderful successful business out of this which is unbelievable to be able to be a photographer and be as huge as he is you know yeah, he did the president didn't he yeah he's like i mean he's at what he's almost at like banksy's level you yeah know? And, yep. and uh uh people don't know who he is and they just know his art and everyone talks about him he's he's become a you know people talk about him but i have no interest in being someone who is uh just everything has to be a kind word or politically right. correct he's even done things that i don't agree with where i think he had one where he had a photo of a married couple one was palestinian one was israeli or something like that and he got so many complaints about it that he took the photo down and uh, mm. all that and uh, that's just the opposite of me i if it you know if you have something important like that to put out and it's controversial and you believe you are right and they are wrong that is the most important thing for you to put out there absolutely that's that's not when you cave and say oh some people are offended by this you know let's let even if they're wrong i'm going to take this down because it offends no 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 no. you that is the most then you should not only not take it down but that's when you should focus your attention on this and really give a speech on why you better put up with this yeah. sort of thing uh, that's my problem with what he does i saw once he had one um 
this was maybe like a year ago and I don't want to get specific about what it was because I don't want anybody to be able to ID it. But he had this guy, um, this sort of older guy, and it was like a nice little platitude at the bottom about, you know, his his life and it was challenging, but he was happy or whatever. Mm-hmm. A week later, I saw that dude at Think Coffee on Mercer Street try to kill this guy and yell at him, <laughs> call him a baby fucker because uh. the guy had long hair. And it turned out he was just like, this rabidly homophobic, like clinically insane dude. Uh, And he was just stomping back and forth for like a half hour in the coffee shop, screaming that he was going to kill this guy. I've had this experience several times too at Union Square. People who I know who are real problems at the park. There's, There's one guy who I know has told me that he threatens people to throw acid in their face if they, and he was photographed in Humans of New York with a very noble quote underneath him. (laughs) Uh, And, you you know, uh, and I, and he, and he, and that's one of the things he touts. He'll come over and say, I was in Humans in New York because he'll, Mm -hmm. oh, I like your photo. Well, I I was in Humans in New York. Then I, and then one time he was telling, he was sitting next to me and he goes, see that guy over there, that guy over there, he uh, started saying shit to me. And I said, well, how would you like it if I went through ass in your face? He shut up real quick. I have access to my dad's a chemist and I have access to all that, but that shut him up real quick. And I was like, (laughs) oh, what a, you know, you're a fantastic person. (laughs) (laughs) According to humans of New York, you are. A friend of mine was on humans in New York recently. And my question to her that like, I couldn't wait to ask because people that ask this question on his Facebook get blocked like immediately which is like how much of the quotes are verbatim and how much are they a little reworded and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually confirmed that it was exactly what she said, but I I don't know that that's specifically in every case, but that's always been my vibe because it's always so similar that it's as though it's all coming from the same person. You know, one time Shaggy uh, was at the park and humans of New York came up to him and said, can I take your picture? And humans, and he said, and he said, why, who are you? Are you humans in New York? And the guy said, well, yeah. And he said, I don't want to be in your picture. I know all these people from Union Square and I don't want to be another one of them. I don't want to be in your thing. And, nice. and, uh, and, told, and, and then he came to me, he said, humans in New York approached me today. And I told him to get the hell out of here. I'm not going to be yeah. on your... Good for him. Because he saw the same thing where, you know, these people who I see it's more interesting to show who they really are, you know, and it's yeah. not, and it's not going to be taking advantage of them. You're not ruining their reputation. You're showing a real human being, you're showing a human experience and you're giving them the good and the bad. And, uh, and he misses that. He misses the boat on that. It you doesn't interest me. take advantage of people by sanitizing them and by clearing the yeah, edges away. You're taking exactly like everything's okay you're, out you're, there. You're doing exactly what I said. They're spray painting on our walls in Bushwick. We're yeah. whitewashing it. You're, you're taking you, the human out of the equation, essentially. Yeah. It's, there's, uh, there's another one called um, The Doggist. And it's just humans in New York, but with people's dogs. Way better. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> just hundreds of pictures right. of dogs. It's fine. Good looking dogs all around the city. Is it just bark, 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 and quotes? Well, it gives you like their names <laughs> and then their breed or if they're mixed, you know, oh, what they funny. think they're right. mixed with. Sounds very cute. That's, that's a, a good, good idea. <laughs> just just dogs. Very yeah. nice, very nice. I think someone also started Subhumans of New York and is, uh, that's a site now too. Yeah, I've seen Reptilians of New York, which is really very good. That was that's a really good parody account. All right. Nice. <laughs> Anything else you want to plug, by the way, before we close out? Uh, uh, that's it. The Jesus Dress Up Magnets. Uh, uh, and if or if you need a freelance artist, you should visit my site normalbob.com and uh, take a look at my freelance art. And if Absolutely. you want to hire me, I I love drawing portraits, especially of interesting people. But uh, I can be hired too to do logos and design and cartooning and all kinds of stuff. If you need something drawn, I can do it. 
Yeah, and you, I saw you just put up a video that was kind of like a signing off video on your yeah. Amazing Strangers. So that was, it was like a 20-minute interview with you in the park. So Yeah, Nicholas Heller of uh, Know Your City uh, videos. He did a little piece on me, Get to Know Normal Bob. Uh, and he I ran into him a few days ago, and he just said, Bob, I think you should give me your camera and I will interview you like you interview people and we'll, and we'll uh, answer these questions. So we nice. did that and put it Yeah, I can't up. wait to check that out. So are you officially, is it officially over? Are you, are you not setting foot there again? No, no, it's setting? not officially okay. over. I'm going back there right <laughs> after this. I'm, and I'm g- trying to get as much film and footage as I can. That's great. Uh, before I go, I got this great woman. There's this older woman who was down in the subways last night singing and she was a, she's done a, uh, where, where, he, where he sing in a cheap bar. I can't even think of what the name is, <laughs> but uh, karaoke? Songs. what's that? Torch songs? No, what Bill Murray or yeah. The, remember that character, the lounge singer, she was oh, a, lounge lounge singer. Singer. a lounge singer from back in the day. And now she's looks like she's in her seventies. And I got some great footage of her singing old songs uh, and still going at it. And she was so nice and, and just such, I was filming her last night in the subway stations and she was like, what's your name, Bob? And she sang a song to me and, uh, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm still getting as much footage as I possibly can. And maybe even caring now for the first time now that I know in a while, because I'm, uh, it's coming to an end and I just want to get as much as I possibly can. So when I get back to Michigan, I can continue to upload videos and I plan to continue uploading videos as long as I got stuff, I have t- so much footage and stuff that I mm. haven't done anything with that. There's a lot of videos I haven't posted just because I never wanted to sit down and collect all the videos necessary to put them together, but now I'll have time and yeah. Yeah, I'm glad it's not just a arbitrary break. Like you're actually, you know, it's a it's a graceful uh, transition a, yeah, period. It'll be a gentle, yeah. We're peeling off the bandaid really slowly. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure there are people listening right now who maybe haven't checked out a single one, and it's 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 not ending for them because it's it's just beginning for them. You know, there's there's so many videos, and you really will lose a day when you go through them, and you you're going to get enveloped in this Union Square world. So I can't recommend it's, it enough. I think it's over 650 videos. Wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. I've seen maybe a sixth of that. Okay. So there you go. I got a way more to, to watch and I can't wait. So thanks again for coming on the show, Normal Bob. Thank you. I'm glad I got to get all this off my chest. Yeah. All right. See you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>